All right. It looks like it's normal. Yep, mine looks normal too. All right. Yep. Just keep an eye on it because mine looked normal for the first part. Okay. When we were just like shooting the shit. And then right before I started my segment was when it fucked up. So Uh, just keep an eye, kind of keep one eye. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, hello, everybody. Hi. We're sorry about last week's episode. (laughs) Sorry, I sounded like a weird robot man. (laughs) You're listening to Talk Cricket, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject. While enjoying adult beverages, my name is Kay. I'm Carrie, and our adult beverages have mostly been coffee as of late. Yeah. Because we've been recording at 10 in the morning, and and one should not have drinks. No. (laughs) One should not, but one is thinking about ordering from the booze bodega (laughs) and having one. One has. (laughs) One has in the past. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> actually when we used to have before i before i had remy and we used to have like marathon recording sessions and start at 10 a.m we did used to start drinking at 10 a.m we did we would have margaritas and they were great <laughs> i was thinking about slamming a few of them yesterday but yeah i thought about it too i actually opened one i have some caimans in my in my fridge oh you lucky bitch oh i know right <laughs> And um, I actually, because they're not that strong, so sometimes, like, right after I breastfeed her, like, before dinner or something, I'll, like, feed her and, like, feed her really, really well, and then I'll just, like, pound one real quick while I'm cooking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that it gets out of my system fast. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you can pound those, because they just kind of taste like Sprite. Yeah. Um. (laughs) They do. They really do. Oh, they're so good. And I looked at, she tried to grab my can the other day. And I was like, nope, you can't have that. Not till you're at least 16. And then Josh was like, nah, 14. And I was like, no, they taste too good. She can't have that. <laughs> She'll be drinking them before school. For legal reasons, <laughs> this is a joke. <laughs> of course not. Yes, of course. Of course she will wait till she's 21. <clears throat> of course. I don't in any way think that it's stupid <laughs> that we have two adult ages in this country. It makes absolutely no fucking sense. No, the um, the cigarettes are 21 now as well. Well, right. But we can still vote and get married well, at 18. Yeah. Pick a, pick a lane. Yeah. Pick a lane. You can't d- say you can, you're an adult enough to die for your country and get married and then and go to prison, but then also say you're too young to have a beer and a cigarette. Yeah. Sorry. Pick a lane. It's either 21 or 18. Yep. <laughs> I will respect one. I will not respect both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that so much. Um, yep. Oh, God. I was going to say something. Josh and I were talking about that the other day, and I was like, God, that's the dumbest thing. It's the dumbest it thing. It is. It it's really is. It's one of the dumbest things about this country, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was a state that changed their drinking age to 18, but I can't remember it what. Was, it was Tennessee, but they had to change it back to 21. Really? Yeah. Why? Uh, federal funding of stuff. Oh. <sighs> They wouldn't Whatever. fund their roads, I think. Wow. Yeah. What? I learned about it in sociology last semester, but that's been... That was last semester. My brain oh, is mush. that's so dumb. Yeah. You can't have roads because you're being logical? Cool. Yeah. I hate this country. Okay. <laughs> um, of course, I know that we're very privileged and lucky to live here, but still. Sometimes. <laughs> this is a third sometimes. world country with iPhones. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Let's just sometimes get that Sometimes it feels straight. that way, yes. Sometimes it feels that way. It's definitely a puritanical weird place. So, yeah. whatever. <laughs> well, Kay just got back from a wonderful trip. I did. Did you eat all the donuts? I had two donuts. Um, they were good. I think, honestly, I think our local bakery is better. Um, oh, really? Too yeah. much frosting, maybe? Or I, I don't know. They... I think the donuts were just, they honestly You have voodoo taste, donuts. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. These are the ones that are, like, supposed to be legendary. Yeah. they. But, like, the actual donut actually kind of tasted, I don't know why it tasted funky. Um, I mean, they were good, don't get me wrong. It was just, right. it was not what I was expecting. I guess I was expecting more of, like, a cakey donut like mm. we have here. Um and that's not what happened. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. Are they, it. like, more bready, kind of? Yeah. Yeah. I not, gotcha. Not as sweet. I And I guess that's probably because, like, they put a shit ton of toppings on them. Right. Like I had, yeah. So it's got to balance. Yeah. I had one that was called um, Old Dirty Bastard. And it, <laughs> <laughs> it was a chocolate glazed donut with Oreo pieces and um, peanut butter like fudge drip on top and then i had the marshall mathers which is just like um a cake donut with vanilla frosting and then a shit ton of m&ms and wow yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i had that for breakfast before we went to the beach last friday yum uh yeah so just like a bunch of candy yeah (laughs) and i also i also got one called vicious hibiscus and i tried to like smuggle that back home on the plane and it just it got crushed so (laughs) i didn't get to have that one yeah but um when we went to the beach we like we drove like an hour or so away and so i have all these awesome videos of like the trees out that way oh, cool and there are a bunch of them that also have a ton of moss growing on them that i have a video of and um oh that's so cool yeah and i i brought home a few seashells from the beach i have Yay! gotten to yeah i got to put my toes in the pacific ocean i've always wanted to be I've able to never do been that. to the pacific ocean i oh, would love to do that it's so beautiful i have this great picture that's like the ocean and then there's also like mountains in the background and, um which is everything i want um yes and we went to this the mountains and the ocean together yes like, oh my god who could even dream of that right and Ugh. we uh we went to this little cafe called the little brown hen and mm-hmm. they have like alcoholic drinks for breakfast <laughs> Ah, um, they, they mimosas. Put, yes, they had a pomegranate mimosa special going <gasps> on, and they also Yum. put like Kahlua or whiskey in your coffee. Um, oh my god, I love it! Yeah, yes, yes to all. Yes, <laughs> and they had these really yes to all. They had these really great uh, fries that they called chirps, and they're like they're just these huge slices of potatoes deep fried and something. Yum. It was really good. Um, oh, that sounds awesome. I love it when yeah. you go places that are new, like new places and you also know people that live there so that you can go to like local places. That yeah. Are, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like whenever I went to visit New York, I went to visit uh, New York City with my uh, with my brother-in-law and we went and we stayed at my friend's apartment and she like they they sublet their apartment out when they're not there because uh-huh. her husband's an actor and he like travels 
to different like states and stuff to do work yeah and so sometimes she'll like leave and go visit him for like a week or something and they'll sublet their apartment like an airbnb so she had like a whole list already of like here's the wi-fi password here's some great local places to go eat oh nice it was awesome it was so great because she also she was really bummed she was supposed to like actually be there to like chill with us Uh too um, and like take us places and mm-hmm. she ended up having to go to a conference at the last minute. Oh. But, um, so we had the apartment to ourselves, which was actually kind of nice because mm-hmm. like we could stay out like late and do touristy things without like worrying about waking somebody up when we came home and stuff. But yeah. she was there. Uh, they were both there the last day uh-huh. that we were. Um, so she like took us to this awesome bakery Ooh. that makes these incredible cookies. And I actually, those are the ones that are gigantic that I made oh, like nice. at the beginning of quarantine that yeah. I showed you mm-hmm. that I'm about to make again to give to people to, uh, to say thank you for all the help they've given us like while <laughs> we've been moving. Um, but yeah, oh my God. And like took us in the Nat- museum of natural history and just like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause like I knew like touristy places I wanted to go to, but like, yeah. We there was this really awesome place where we could get you know a really good breakfast sandwich to that was like good and hearty to start our day mm-hmm. like a really good bagel place and like a really good hamburger place and yeah. just like right there in her neighborhood that was awesome mm-hmm. like I just love that nice. instead of being like ooh yay another Outback Steakhouse let's go there I know that you know what I <laughs> <Yeah>. mean <laughs> like it was just really nice I um. We were going to do the Pancake House, but they mm-hmm. um, they were closed right now because COVID. So um, we ordered from this other breakfast place because, like, there's pretty much no sit-down restaurants right now. Um, right. And I got something called a German pancake that apparently took them 13 minutes to make because uh, they're so – they're gigantic. Um, that was wow. pretty good. Yeah. I was have- it, like, really fluffy? Uh, no, it was, it was more like, I have a picture of it. I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, but it was. I said there was something in my, there was something in my Food Network magazine called a Dutch baby that I think was like a pancake, a German pancake of some kind, but you like bake it mm-hmm. in the oven in a cast iron skillet and it's like really big and fluffy and then you dust it with powdered sugar and syrup. But. Yeah, it was really that, deep and. Yeah. Um, I got it with berries on it. Yum. Um, it sounds awesome. Yeah, and now I want to order from Huddle House and get like a big old sloppy breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that does sound really good. Um, but my friend that I was staying with, um, their husband, he's he's a writer as well. So like mm-hmm. right now he's working on a fantasy novel that. Oh, um, cool is all about, like, these two chefs going head-to-head. So he is, like, researching all different kinds of food, and, like, he's watching all these different, like, food channels um, on YouTube. Love. Yes. Oh, my God. And he um, he actually made me... <laughs> That's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> he actually made me these sliders uh, that are, like, a Gordon Ramsay recipe, and they were incredible. Ooh, yeah. And, like... That man... Has revolutionized the way that I make scrambled eggs. Oh yeah, he's a genius. Yes, <laughs> I need watch to, watch his episode of Hot Ones. I need yeah, I need on to YouTube. Watch that. I love him. I um, love Hot Ones, and I love him. And like literally, he teaches the host of Hot Ones how to make scrambled eggs properly, and it will change your life. Oh, nice. Okay, I'll have to do that because I like I want to like scrambled eggs. I just never can make them the way. Well, apparently, we overcook them here. Oh. So it's more of a soft scramble. Oh, okay. And they're 
incredible and they're also like filled with butter but oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well then i'm i'm sure they'd be great uh, yes um but yeah no i had i had fun i enjoyed it um we had coffee every day i made um, love it i made some new friends um one of which uh she came over one morning and brought us like breakfast burritos and coffee and mm. we just chilled out it was it was a really nice time to just like chill like i had to do some school stuff of course but i like i didn't really have any other responsibilities like i could just right. hang out um so yeah it sounds awesome yeah And then I had to come oh, back. Oh, wow. That pancake looks incredible. It almost looks like French toast. Yeah, right? It's um, amazing. Yeah. It, it was really good. It could have used a little butter, but it was really right. good. <laughs> um, I, I, Everything can use a little butter in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Well, yeah. sounds like your trip was a success. It sounds awesome. Yes. So let's... Uh, Let's go ahead and dive in, shall we? Yes. Happy International you wanna... Women's Month. We are yes. continuing with that theme. So why don't you say what we're talking about? Because I don't really know <laughs> what to call it. So Okay. Well, we are talking about women's health care. And okay. what we did was both of us just kind of picked a topic. So we're, we're both going to give a little background on our topic and then also do like a short story. Um. So mine is gonna have like just my story woven in, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Uh Carrie picked something that um she has dealt with and I I mean, I've already kinda talked about like PCOS on here. So um I I went with something else uh that cool. I haven't dealt with but probably will because I am a woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we just kinda wanna highlight um really how hard it is to be a woman and how hard it is to keep your body up um yeah anyway and then on top of that having the healthcare system that we have where doctors don't always listen to you uh, especially yeah, if you're a woman of color um yeah so we just want to bring awareness to that and I I kind of thought this was the best way to do that so we don't just get, like, one thing. We get a couple. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I love it. All right. So, this, uh, my my bit, um, I t- decided to, well, I didn't decide. Kay gave me the idea, but <laughs> <laughs> but I agreed. So, um. <laughs> you agreed. It was uh, fine. <laughs> I, I went with the infertility. I went the infertility route. So, I just kind of wanted to talk about, you guys all know, I've talked about on here how long that my husband and I tried to have a kid and kind of what that did to me um, yeah. mentally and things like that um, to both of us, really. Um, so, and I didn't want, because infertility does fall in both genders, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I didn't want to totally ignore that. So my article actually touches on it with, uh, touches on, um, you know the male side a little bit as well but it's mostly women yeah because i think the uh the pressure kind of falls on us people who are female a little bit more more than just kind of it does fall more than kind of yeah it does yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's easier Um, to have a child if your husband is infertile rather than if the wife is infertile it's 
it's a lot more treatable in men yeah yeah that is true um it's a quick snip and a pill usually for for men yep a quick reroute snip snap or, snip, you know snap. what i mean it's <laughs> snip snap snip snap yes <laughs> a vasectomy reversed snip snap snip snap snip snap you have no idea the physical toll that three vasectomies have on a person <laughs> Michael. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> when I wanted to oh, see man. Stomp and you wanted to see Wicked, what did we see? What did we see? <laughs> oh, it's oh, such a great god. show. Oh, Michael and Jan. <laughs> I love watching them torture each other so much. They're horrible together, but it's really fun to watch. <laughs> Poor Michael. Michael and Jan seem to be playing their own game. Yes, <laughs> called. it's called Who Can Make Their Guests the Most Uncomfortable. And they are both winning. And they're both winning, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, God. God. All right. Well, Sorry, so, I had um, to. <laughs> no, you're good. Don't ever apologize. The office makes everything better. So, it does. Um, <clears throat> I actually powered through that whole series while we were like you know doing construction and stuff here oh nice and then um I-, I powered all the way through parks and rec and then i actually stuck the office back in and then i was like i don't need to do this <laughs> i need to watch something else <laughs> <laughs> even though i didn't really watch it it was background noise but still yeah so that's where big bang theory started again so i need to just I'm go ahead limited and order. to what's on dvd because i still don't have internet yeah. so i just need to order the office on dvd now Yes, you do. I got my tax refund, so I might do it. Blurs. You will not regret it. Yeah. And then you need to get a binder to put them in because those DVDs are stacked terribly inside <laughs> of that box set. Yes. So, anyway, <laughs> they're like all stacked on top of each other. It's really bad. Uh. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a scratch waiting to happen. And as much as you and I would use that set, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need to not risk that. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, okay. So, um, I found an article, and in my research, I, I found the statistic that about ten percent of women actually deal with infertility issues. Oh, wow. So, I think the the biggest issue that the, the thing that made it so hard is that we don't talk about it, mm-hmm. and so it can be really, really isolating to go through to go through infertility problems and to feel like you're broken inside <laughs> yeah um because that's not what anyone wants to hear and no one has any advice because nobody talks about it yeah and honestly the only thing you can do is go to the doctor and it's so hard to make that appointment i didn't make that appointment for three years i actually um <laughs> i was clearing off a like an old legal pad uh-huh. yesterday because I was like oh I bet these are all old lists so I was just like flipping through to make sure so I could like tear them all off and throw the top bit away you know because mm-hmm. I was like we don't need all this and I actually saw from 2015 or 2016 where I had written on my to-do list that day make fertility appointment and never done it oh yeah yeah I bet it's that was terrifying. interesting to see when you've got like a child also yeah. in the back room. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. Where she's running around in her walker and screaming with happiness at the top <laughs> of her lungs. Yeah. That was really fun. Oh. Um, um, you know, to be honest with you, 
I, I'm not going to begrudge. I have no regrets because everything happened in exactly the timing that it was supposed to happen as far as our financial and, you know, all of that stuff. Things would have been a lot harder if she had been born when we had first started trying. Yeah. Um, everything worked out perfectly. Even though she was born in a pandemic, I think that worked out perfectly as well. We, You know what I mean? I, I've said this before. It was great to not have visitors. It was... It was it was nice to be honest with you. It was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it it limited the amount of people in and out of your room and all of that jazz and it's made it to where we don't constantly have to make sure our house is clean to make sure that people can come over and see her. It's just it's been nice to be honest with you. It's it's been nice. As much as I would love to have her around my family and you know, as much as I hate that she hasn't met my extended family up in Indiana yet and all of that like it's just yeah. It's been nice to have space. <laughs> No, like, I don't blame you at all. I I mean, I think one of the hardest things as a mother is not even, like, raising your child. It's the fact that a lot of, like, family members and friends want to come in and see them. And then also on top of that, a lot of those family members tend to give unsolicited advice. And I I think that's one of the hardest things to be able to, like, keep your mouth shut or not. And I have... um I'm in a lot of I'm I'm in a couple of like breastfeeding groups on Facebook and stuff and yeah. there's people who like post pictures of their kids and their kids are a little chunky cuz babies are chunky and their mom their moms and rel- other relatives are like you need to stop breastfeeding your kid he's too fat and it's like he's a fucking baby. Yeah. They're supposed to be chunky. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. You can't overfeed a kid with breast milk. It's not if formula is a different story. Yeah. But breast milk is magic and tailor made to your kid. So no. <laughs> Why are you body shaming a baby? That's my question. Oh, you'd Whatever. be surprised. Like <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. People suck. Yeah, anyway, people do it suck. doesn't matter what you'll do. If your baby's too, if your baby was on the thin side, they would say the opposite. I mean, just people can't keep their mouth shut when it comes to kids. Yeah. And it's also one of those things where once you get married, people start asking, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? And that is something that has got to get nipped in the bud. Oh, yeah. People have got to stop doing that. Because that is a surefire way to hurt someone's feelings. Oh, yeah. Either you will isolate them because they're not ready to have kids, or you will isolate them because they've been trying and been unsuccessful for three years. Mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the rudest questions to ask. And I didn't I didn't it's know so that that personal. was rude. When are you guys, guys going to start having unprotected sex? <laughs> that's seriously what <laughs> you're asking someone. Yeah. I didn't realize that was rude until I got much older. Because also, like, I think that's a very Southern thing, too. Mm -hmm. And it's, you don't realize. I think it's everywhere, but it's also just, it was something that was just kind of socially acceptable until, I think until moms started opening their mouths more. Yeah. Until women started saying things more, especially on social media and stuff. Uh Uh-huh. And we started to feel a little bit safer to say, hey, like, that's not a cool thing to ask. (laughs) Yeah. Then people started to be like, oh, yeah, that's probably not cool. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think I think we're growing up now and like realizing that a lot of the things that we taught we were taught were fine and acceptable are just so fucking rude. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yep. 
Yeah. And we've all done it. I yeah. think we've all done it. And I think it's an important thing to, uh, that's why I, I'm, I'm really annoyed with the whole cancel culture because people are different. Mm-hmm. People learn, people are different and you can't go back in time and say, well, when you were seven, <laughs> you said such and such. Yeah. Because I'm going to be real with y'all. I was real racist when I was in kindergarten. Like, <laughs> let's be real. I was not around anybody yeah. of, of color yeah. when I was growing up. I am now a 32-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that that is wrong. So we can't dig into people's pasts and then assume that they're the same way that they are now. Yeah. Um, but also, it, so it's important to, you know, just... And of course, your grandparents are going to ask you this. Your, you know, people are going to ask. It's going to happen. So it's important to just say, I think it's important to be real mm-hmm. and give a real answer, to be honest with you, as uncomfortable and as upsetting as it is, because you won't make them uncomfortable. Like, you won't make them understand how uncomfortable it makes you and- until you make them that uncomfortable with your real answer. Yeah. That's the thing. You just have to say, well, we've been trying for three years and haven't had any success, so. And And then it's like, ooh. And honestly, you might not get an answer to your problem unless you do say something real like that. Because, like, I didn't. That's true. um, This is totally unrelated, but, like, before I had my surgery, I didn't know that sex wasn't supposed to hurt. I, I genuinely true, yeah. did not know. I thought it was supposed to. And, like, because everything else had hurt, like, trying to use a tampon and everything else like that, my family preyed on that. They were like, oh, yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to be awful. So you might as well just not do it. Well, and that's also and, something that we're taught as women mm-hmm. is that, like, the first time it's supposed to hurt. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it didn't hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, see, nothing broke for me, but I also had been using tampons, but it never hurt when I used a tampon either. Yeah. And see, like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I actually came out and said, I'm having this issue. Right. And then I was like, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah. You should make an appointment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, like, also, like, don't be really don't be afraid to, like, say things like that. Because maybe you can right. get an answer that you've been looking for that you just don't know how to even begin to look for the answer for. Right. Well, and it's also one of those things where the more people I told, the more support I did end up having. And mm-hmm. the more of my friends who would be like, listen, you need to make that a, that call by the end of this month. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to hold you to that. And I'm also just bad at calling doctors so what I ended up doing was when I went to my gynecology appointment my annual uh-huh. I told the nurse that I was interested in talking to my doctor about fertility problems and then he ca- and so she was like okay I'll make sure he talks to you about that and then he said okay so here you need to make this appointment let's make an appointment mm-hmm. and then when I went out to the counter he said she needs to make a fertility appointment <laughs> <laughs> So that's, I have to do it in person. Like if it's, um, when we're leaving the pediatrician's office with Remy and he says, you need to come back for her nine month appointment, I stop at the counter and I make it right there. Yeah. So that it's in my phone because if I leave, I'm not calling. Yeah. You'll never see me again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but that's the way I am. (laughs) That's why I'm having a really hard time right now because I have to call and make an appointment so I can get my allergy medicine refilled. Yeah, you have to do that today. I just fucking do it. But I have to do that. Yep, I have to do that today because I can't breathe. Yep. And I will, 
I will text you on my break at work and ask if you call. Okay. Okay. And I will do it again tomorrow if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, I just hate it so much. I hate it so much. But so, and it was great. Once I had the appointment and he said, bring your husband <laughs> and we'll test him too because yeah. that's easier to treat. And it was so nice. I mean, it was such a, it was a quick appointment. I mean, we were in and he was busy that day, but I mean, we, you know, I had to come in, we talked, he gave me a prescription. I got, we went out and sat. Josh had to go in and do his business in a cup, which was weird. Um, kind of a rite of passage for men though. Um, sometimes you have to do it in a cup. Um, in a supply closet where people are walking back and forth oh. outside. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's God. Great. I, um, I couldn't. I would get performance anxiety. Oh, he did. Um, <laughs> he, and then he came out and sat next to me and giggled for the rest of the day. Um, and then I had to go back and get an ultrasound to make sure I didn't have like fibroids or anything like that, you know, going on in my uterus. It turned out I was, I just wasn't ovulating oh, properly. Yeah. Um, so I had to get on medicine. Um, and so it was one of those things where you, uh, you start your cycle, you count one, two, three, four, five, you take it five, six, seven, eight, nine days five six seven eight nine of your period cycle and then you have to have sex on these certain days which made it real clinical but hey first month bam (laughs) first months we've tried it yeah bam there she was so i mean it definitely works and it's definitely worth it i even went in so here's just a quick little story that i heard um after i went to one of my second uh i think it was during my anatomy scan um, when I was pregnant with Remy. Yeah. So it wasn't the first ultrasound that I had. It was a few months in. Uh, once they get a little bit bigger, they want to make sure that their heart's developing, their brain, you know, yeah. make sure everything's developing properly. So they have to, it's like a solid two hour appointment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, me and the, the ultrasound nurse were, ta- were talking and um, there's some times where you have to go in and they have to check your egg count, which is your follicle count. Uh-huh. So there's some women who are having really hard tr- hard times, and um, I'm not really going to get into all of that today, because that w- could be its own up ep- its own you know podcast in and of itself. Um, I'm basically going to touch on some myths, but I wanted to share some stories first. So um, there was a lady that had been coming in for I don't know I want to say a year. And so every month she would come in and make sure and they would check her follicle count and then she and her husband would go home and, and try and then they would come like it was a and, and then she wouldn't get pregnant. So they'd come in and it was like they were trying different hormones and all this different stuff and they were going to start um, doing IVF, which is in, virtu- in vitro fertilization. So they were going to pull one of some of her eggs out, get some of his sperm, make it in a Petri disc in the dish and then inseminate her. Yeah. Or um, embry- make embryos and then implant those because it like the timing something wasn't working there so that's what they were going to try and it was going to take it was going to cost so much money because not everyone had that's the other issue is that not everyone has the finances oh yeah for all these other options that we have because (laughs) insurance companies don't want to pay for shit no or some people don't have insurance it's just whatever so if you're poor you're fucked (laughs) or you can take out loans and be in debt yeah (laughs) While also paying for your child and somewhere to live yep. and your car. Like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's just not an option for everyone. So, but she, thankfully, they were blessed enough that they were able to do all of this. And she literally, she so she was she was in for her follicle count before she, like, went to Vanderbilt. Yeah. To get 
to for that procedure or whatever and the tech was you know had her ultrasound going and then she was like hang on a second and then brought the doctor in and it turned out that she was pregnant oh so miracle there yeah it was awesome and they had been trying for like seven years oh wow yeah i've been crazy i've been getting all these ads for like being an egg donor really yeah on on facebook yeah (laughs) For some reason, and I was like, you know what? It's probably because I have looked up <laughs> if I yeah. can donate that. Um, there's a center in Virginia, but like you have to live within a certain radius. But like they'll pay good people will pay good money. Oh yeah, they eggs. will. Because the thing with women is, you are born with the amount of eggs that you will have mm-hmm. forever. Men can make yep. as much sperm as they want. Women cannot. They're fertile for their entire lives. Yeah. Yes. And that's where we get into a lot of the discrimination that has happened with women, where women have been discarded Mm -hmm. when they get older, because that's where a lot of the stigma as far as age comes with women, Um, which is not great. No. (laughs) Just throughout history in general, women have... We've been afraid of age and we've been afraid of, you know, there's the whole menopause thing that happens to us, which is really scary that nobody wants to talk about. Um... And it's just, it, it's, it just, it seems like our lives are over mm-hmm. when we can't have kids anymore a lot of the time. Um, that's kind of how things are portrayed. So we're kind of portrayed as used up and dried up and dusty and all that stuff. And it's not a great way to look at life. No. Um, <laughs> so, um, and it's all that, all of that's related to, to, to our fertility. So there's just a lot a lot of nuance and a lot of things. So I just wanted to talk about some myths today real quick. I found this really fun article. Yeah. It's from parents.com and it's called Seven Myths About Infertility. Um, there isn't an author listed, so I guess it's just, you know, the staff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so let's dive in here because the, these are these are really these are really good. So um Infertility is a complex and often misunderstood condition, which is why there's so much confusion confusion surrounding it. Here are seven common myths to watch out for and to help dispel. So myth number one, it's easy for most women to get pregnant. Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) While it's true that many women conceive without difficulty, more than 5 million people of childbearing age in the United States, or one in every 10 couples, has problems with infertility. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. So, and that's one of the things where, like, my uh, my husband's cousin and his wife, they, like, decided to have another kid. And, like, two months later, bam, she was pregnant. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's some people that have that, that, that have that advantage. And then there's some people that, you know, like me or, like, my cousin and his wife. Like, it took them six months longer than they thought when they were trying to have their their second child. And it took them, I think, maybe a year or so and a miscarriage um, before they could have Avery. So it's just, yeah. it's... And it was nice to have her, actually, to talk to because, you know, it, I, was, I was afraid of miscarrying my whole pregnancy with Remy. And she was like, you know what? It's something that happens. Yeah. You can't let it destroy you. It's nothing you did. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I asked her because it messed my mom up. And that's what happens. And I'm not to, not to make this political or anything, but 
a lot of people who are pro-life have that mentality. Yeah. You know, when you have that belief towards abortion, that you your your belief funnels right into miscarriage and you blame yourself and it can thoroughly fuck you up. Oh yeah. It thoroughly fucked my mom up. She had a miscarriage between me and James. And it messed her up. I don't know that she ever got over it. So it's important to make sure you talk to people, talk to medical professionals. We know that that's just something that happens with our body. Yeah. That means that that pregnancy wasn't viable for some reason and your body took care of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, so back to this, though. So um, certain health conditions and factors such as age can affect a woman's ability to conceive. For instance, a healthy 30-year-old woman has about a 20% chance of getting pregnant each month. By age 40, her chances drop to about 5% a month. But fertility can affect women of any age and from any background. And I think that's important to know, too, because a lot of us aren't having kids until we're about 30 nowadays anyway. Yeah. Um, We've had a bit of a culture shift. And back in the day, people were having kids by the time they were 21. Mm -hmm. They had like full families. I can't even imagine that. (laughs) No, I can't either. When I was 21, there's no way I was ready to have kids. And my my poor mother, she did not need to have a child when she had a child. It was not. And she was 22. Like, it was not. It was not, not a great ideal. time. No. She had... No. The timing was wrong. Yeah. The person was wrong. <laughs> yeah. The life was wrong. Poor thing. She had a full know, ride. Poor mom. Yeah. She had a full ride to study graphic design in Paris. Oh, my God. When she was, like, when she had me. And she couldn't do it. Because my dad... She would have had the finances to pay for all the medical care in Paris. Well, no, like, she, like, I was old enough that she could leave me and go, but right. no one would help her, like. <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah. Yuck. Mm-hmm. People suck. Yep. All right, so myth number two is that men don't have infertility problems. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> that is, no, that's really if not true. If you can't true. have a kid, yeah, and then that's the other thing is that when, when we were having all that trouble trying to conceive, we were both like, you, you live in this haze and you, you can get addicted to that because you don't want to know the answer. Yeah. Is the thing. You, no one wants to hear that they're broken. And we've got to get away from that term, but that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're broken. And it was really hard. We went to that appointment. We found out that it was, you know, a problem that I was having. It wasn't, it wasn't a problem that Josh was having. And that was difficult. It was hard. It's hard to know because your body's supposed to function a certain way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed, this is to, supposed to be all, su- all on its own. Like. Right. This is what our bodies are made for as women. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be able to have kids. And it's hard to know that that's not happening. <laughs> and it could have been because we waited until I was 30, you know? I mean, yeah. I was we were we started trying I was maybe 28. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, it I don't know. It just the older you get, the harder the it harder is. it is. Yeah. But and also the more expensive it is. Like, well, yeah, because you can have complications, yeah. which I did, and I had to go to, you know, I had to go get ultrasounds every week and stuff like that because I had gestational diabetes. 
but thankfully we were very blessed we have really good insurance Mm -hmm. and um and stimulus checks were really helpful for that anyway um again timing so uh though it's commonly believed that infertility is a quote woman's problem nothing is further from the truth about 35 percent of all infertility cases treated in the united states are due to a female problem but 35 percent an equal number can be traced to a male problem 20% 20% to a problem in both partners and 10% to unknown causes. Oh. So look at that. Yeah, with Monica. Half and, and half, y'all. Yeah, with Monica and Chandler, they both had issues, didn't they? It was both of them. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> that was such a funny. Sorry. I know it was so sad, but it was also really funny that it. <laughs> hers was because she had an inhospitable environment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and. I always tried to be such a good hostess. <laughs> just, just because she made sure her environment of her apartment was perfect all the time, it was just really ironic. That, yeah. <laughs> that she had... Oh, man. It means that my guys won't get off their Barkin loungers and you have a uterus that's prepared to kill the ones that do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love it. Oh. It was so good, though, and it was so good that that was on TV because yeah. that helped me so much going through that yeah just knowing I, you know and it made me okay with having to with the possibility that we might have to adopt yeah as hard as that is and as expensive as that is we both wanted to be parents so badly and then you both are like josh is like i mean he used to fight mma he's been a very impulsive and you know he would jump off a roof on a dare so he's like i'm sure it's me you know yeah. like i'm sure i've messed myself up in some way and then on the other hand i'm like well but it could also be me i mean i was on you know when you get put on the pill and you're sensitive to hormones that can mess you up later that's yeah. what happened to my mom so it's just there's a lot of things as women where it's no you have the the only way to control your fertility if you don't want to be pregnant is to fuck your hormones to no end yeah and then when you want to have a kid you can be screwed Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying or i don't know there's just there's there, there there it's a complicated and very nuanced issue and there's a lot of things to where there's just so much stigma around this topic. Well, it's to great. To where you can feel broken. Yeah. And it's really great that Friends showed, like, not only did they show, like, co-parenting, they showed mm-hmm. single motherhood with Rachel because she was not mm-hmm. with, she was not with Ross. She wasn't with Joey either. Really. She wasn't I mean, with anybody. She was doing it Honestly. on her own. And then, yep. you know, Monica with... I mean, Ross was helping, though. Like, yeah. that's not... Well, yeah. The, she, he probably helped a lot more. It seemed like he had a lot more to do with Emma than he did with Ben, but that's yeah. also because Ben was living with a married couple. Yeah. And then also you had Phoebe, who was a surrogate. Yes. Um, yep. So it, it was, was great. Yeah, it was interesting that they showed, like, all of that through that show. Yes. Um. Absolutely. And... So, um... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Let's move on to myth number three. Yeah. So infertility is is a psychological, not a physical problem. Bullshit. <laughs> People will try to tell you this all the time. Oh, yeah. They'll try so, to tell you that about everything, though. Like, well, <laughs> and it's because it's tr- some of it is true. Mm-hmm. Stress and different environmental factors can 
affect your fertility. And I am a very anxious person. So I was constantly like, well, we've had this stress. Well, we've had this stress. We've moved. We've had financial problems. You know what I mean? Like we've had this and that and this and that. We've been on opposite schedules. We've, you know, it's just constantly making different excuses. Anything other than to admit to yourself that something might be wrong with you. Yeah. You know? So well-meaning friends and relatives may suggest, quote, infertility is all in your head or, quote, if you'd stop worrying so much, you'd get pregnant, <laughs> which is impossible. Yeah. It's like when you're waiting for someone to propose and you're like, OK, I thought you were going to say it. We talked about getting married this summer and you haven't proposed yet. <laughs> like, is this still happening? Yeah. Do I need to not plan on that? You know what I mean? And it's like, well, if you hadn't asked, then I would have done it that weekend. And then it's like, well, what? <sighs> <laughs> Not speaking from experience. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's like, well, don't worry about it. And then you'll you'll get pregnant. And it's like, well, that's not what. But that's also kind of what happened with my parents. As soon as they stopped trying with James, like when they got pregnant with James, as soon they tried for years and years and years. And as soon as they stopped trying and stopped worrying about it, she got pregnant. <laughs> so there is value. There is validity, to, some validity to that, you know. But there's also, that's not the only thing, and that's not something you should just tell people. Yeah. That's advice you get from your doctor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, in reality, infertility is a disease or condition of the reproductive system and not a psychological disorder. <laughs> in fact, one or more physical causes are identified in the vast number of infertile couples. So, while relaxing, going on vacation, or finding positive ways to de-stress can improve your overall well-being, these lifestyle changes won't solve your infertility problems. No. Not alone. They, I'm sure they will help, but that's not the they whole will issue. Help. Yes. Yes. All right, so myth number four, couples who, quote, work hard enough at having to, at having a baby will eventually get pregnant. I was told that as well. Have sex every day and you'll get pregnant. Not if you're not ovulating, you won't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and also, so that's methods- tiring, too. Like- oh, my God. Who has the time? <laughs> so... um New methods of diagnosing and treating infertility have improved many couples' chances of having a baby. According to the American Society for Reproductive Medicine, more than half of all couples who pursue treatment will achieve a successful pregnancy. You just have to pursue it. Yeah. That's the hard part, is pursuing it. On the other hand, it's important to remember that infertility is a medical disease and that problems sometimes remain untreatable, which is the scary part. Yeah. No one wants to hear that answer. Um, no matter how hard a couple works at solving a problem. So, yeah, it's just, that's the scary thing. And that's where you kind of have to hold hands together with your partner and say, all right, like we're open to all these other options, but we have to go. Yeah. It's just, it's scary. It's scary. It's, it was scary for Josh. It was scary for him to think that it could be, quote unquote, his fault. But of course, that's not constructive language to no. use. But that's what goes through your head. Yeah. You know, that's what goes through your head. And it's scary to think that you might have to masturbate in a closet. <laughs> yeah, he, that is a scary so time. <laughs> yeah, it's so scary. Like he was he was so funny about it. He was so convinced that he was going to like go out with this with his like jar of splooge and then the nurse was going to be like, "Oh, we just needed urine." <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he's like, 
like and they don't it's so clinical to them that they don't think about how awkward it is and so like literally he went and had to do this in a cup and then bring it up to the front desk where people were checking in and hand it to the nurse well hopefully they put it in something that like you couldn't tell what it was oh you could tell what else would he be there for that's true (laughs) (laughs) it's not like it was a general practitioner's office oh that's true what else would he have a sample of? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't great. But, I mean, it is what Poor it is. Josh. We, we had and to do I it. Know know, so I know he's so sad. embarrassed. He is, yes. It was really funny. Um, we were able to laugh about it afterwards. But, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was nerve-wracking. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. For sure. So, uh, number five. Once a couple adopts a child, the woman will become pregnant. That is depicted a lot. It is. On TV, it is perpetu- it's a myth that's perpetuated in the media a lot, and it's a myth that's perpetuated in books, and it's, it's just everywhere. So this particular myth is not only painful for infertile couples, couples to hear, but it's also untrue. <laughs> First of all, it suggests that adoption is simply a means to an end, a pregnancy, yeah. and not in an, in and of itself a valid and wonderful way to form a family. Secondly, only about 5% of couples who do adopt later become pregnant. 5%, which is a lot of people, but it's also not that much. Uh, this success rate is the same for couples who don't adopt and become pregnant without further treatment. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> it's one of those things though i mean your head does that though where oh, yeah you, you know it was one of those things like when we were moving or when we were trying to buy this house where i was like if i don't put up my christmas decorations because i'm assuming we're gonna move we won't get this house yeah if i just act like this is where we're gonna live then it'll happen you know oh yeah which is of course what happened it's i put up my christmas decorations thing. and then it was like hey let's go buy this house yep it's a self-perpetuating crap fest. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Number six. Husbands often leave their wives if they're infertile. <laughs> if they this do, they're an asshole. Their heads because that used yeah. to happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Especially in the royal families, which is what we hear about in history all the time, is that men would be like, well, fuck you. I have to have an heir. And then they would like behead their wives their head and move on. And yeah. Yes, exactly. If they couldn't get exactly. a divorce, they Talk would create a new church so mm-hmm. that they could get a divorce and they'd still chop off that poor girl's head. Yep. Asshole. I think there's only one or two that he didn't kill. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, and talk about putting stress, putting stress on the wife. Yeah. And probably making her more infertile because of stress. <laughs> That's the level of anxiety that would cause you to not get pregnant. Yes. Also, if you're sticking it in everything else that moves Mm -hmm. and not just fucking your own wife, you're wasting a lot of sperm, sir. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Okay. So, uh, as stated earlier, infertility is a medical condition that affects both men and women equally. In fact, about 40% of the time, the male partner is either the sole or contributing cause of infertility, according to the uh, ASRM, that, that foundation I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, while, many couples do, while many couples do find the process of infertility testing and treatment rigorous, stressful, and intrusive, not to mention costly, they do get through it together. Yeah. That's the only way to get through it is together. 
Many partners also find new and deeper ways of relating to each other and discover that their marriage has become even stronger. Aww. Yes. Not saying that That's I would I wish feel. that on anyone, but like... No, but it, there is always a silver lining yeah. to going through... When you go through a quote-unquote trauma like that together, it does make you stronger. Yeah. Um, okay, and then here's the last one. So infertile couples will never be happy or, or for... Infertile couples will never be happy or fulfilled. That is That is definitely super how false. it feels. Yeah. But that's also how it feels. Mm-hmm. Because when you've been trying and trying and trying, and then you're surrounded by your nieces and nephews and little second cousins, and you see the joy that it brings other people, and you feel so much joy around those kids, and you just want that for yourself, yeah. that is how it feels. And while I think... Uh, I think a lot of that also, like, it's just based on the person. Like, like if you want mm-hmm. kids like you really wanted a kid, then I'm sure it would feel that way. But, like, I've got another yeah. friend who, um, uh, like, I won't give too much information. Uh, they're a teacher. They, um, they and their partner don't want kids. They don't want kids right. at all. Like they, there's a stigma that goes around with along with that too, yeah. where people make you feel terrible. Mm-hmm. And like one of them, like they're at school with kids all day. They're like, "That's enough. Like that's mm-hmm. enough yep. for me." And yep, I like I respect that as a person. I Absolutely. respect that, but like I, I'm I know that there are people that do not, and that's really sad. And that makes it really it is. hard. And I for catch myself. Else. Yeah. I have to. I have to catch myself trying to persuade all of my friends to have kids. Uh huh. Because it's the best thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best thing ever. She brings so much joy to our lives. Yeah. And like, there's times, especially because I was so. De- I, I've always struggled with so much anxiety and depression and stuff. And she is such an antidote. Like there Aww. are times now where. Where I had days where a lot of times I just kind of wanted to curl up in a ball. Mm-hmm. I now have days where I can't stop laughing because I'm just filled with so much joy. So I find myself trying to push that on other people <laughs> and I have to stop myself because of course she takes up a lot of time and of course there's a lot of things that I can't do now, but it doesn't feel like I can't do it. Yeah. At the same time, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. So it's just, it's hard. And I get that. I get that people are like, you know what, I'm just going to go do whatever I, I'm going to stick to not having kids I like my own money I like my own freedom and having autonomy and that is a perfectly valid choice yeah and it's hard it's hard to not push your own mentality about that on other people oh yeah by like and vice versa Mm -hmm. you know so um let's let's dive in here so what sorry what no you go ahead no you're good (laughs) nope say what you're gonna say no I um like you and I have even talked about that too um because I just Mm -hmm. like I at some point in the very distant future, I would maybe like to have a kid or two. But also, like, I don't, I don't even know if that's in the cards for me. But I'm also, like, I'm also still very stuck in this idea that, oh, I'm running late. Like, I was supposed to do that mm-hmm. a couple of years ago now. And I'm not even <laughs> nope. close. Not even in the arena of being right. married or anything like that. So, like, right. it's, I think a lot of it, it's timing and, like, a lot of pressure of the timing, too, with that Right. Thing. Well, and it's your age. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt at your age, too. I was like, oh, my God, I'm supposed to already have been married by now. Yeah. Like, that's not true. <laughs> 
at all. Yeah. And I used to, like, I used to, when I was a teenager, I used to look at people who got married, didn't get married till they were 40, like they had some horrible, miserable life until they found this person and got married. Yeah. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) You can date and be single and be perfectly happy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's... There, there's so much there because we always we look we look at the that old example and I think it's one of those things that's just like passed into our brains now. Yeah, you know what I mean because like we had to be married when they, we were fourteen or twenty or you know it's mm-hmm. just the times have changed. That age has hard to very that. slowly risen, very slowly, yes. very very slowly. Yeah. Um, okay, I still catch myself doing that. Like, I've got friends who just now got married, and they're, you know, at people I went to high school with who mm-hmm. are my age who had just now got married, and I was like, oh, you're just now getting married? Okay. <laughs> like, I still catch myself doing that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's stupid. Stop that. Like, I have to I have to physically be like, what? Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> a lot of them went through medical school and stuff, yeah. so like... <laughs> No, they didn't have time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about like how close my ten year high school reunion is, and I'm just like, oh god, Don't I'm go. probably not. Who gives a shit? Yeah, like I'm probably not gonna. I didn't go. <laughs> I'm probably not gonna be married. Like I'm sure a bunch of them are. <laughs> and I was just right. Yeah, I'm like Don't go. I probably won't. Like I have no one that I want to see. Um, no, that's the thing. Yeah. Don't go. It's only salt in the wound. Yeah. No one likes going to those. The only <laughs> people who like going to those are people who are like, oh, we're so blessed. We have so much money. We just travel everywhere. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck those people. That's like two people in your whole high school class. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> it will now say, it will no longer say that Ryan Howard is a temp. It will say that... <laughs> At my 10-year reunion, it will say that he is a salesman at a mid-range paper supply firm. <laughs> That'll show him. <laughs> that never made a sale. <sighs> never not no, once. he never did. Oh, goodness. All right, so being unable to conceive a much-wanted child or carry a pregnancy to term can fill a couple with sadness, grief, anger, despair, and even a sense of personal failure. Absolutely. Um, While it's normal for infertile couples to experience a range of powerful emotions, most people do move through this life crisis successfully and gradually put their and gradually put it into better perspective. Mm -hmm. For some couples, moving on means letting go of their initial dreams of having a baby. Other couples decide to adopt, but in either case, couples do learn that there is life after infertility and find a myriad of ways to fulfill themselves with or without children. Yeah. Think about up. Mm-hmm. Remy and I just watched Up the other day. Mm-hmm. She loved it. Yeah, all the pretty colors. Think about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, all the balloons <laughs> and all of that. Yeah, she loved it. And the bird making her blah, blah, blah. Like, just, <laughs> she loved it. Um, But think about the beginning of Up, where you see Carl Fredrickson and Ellie going through all this stuff. They decide they're going to have a baby. They're so excited. And then they find out that they can't. Yeah. And then together... He's like, look, but remember, we were going to have adventures. And he gives her the adventure book and they start saving up for Brazil. You know what I mean? They yeah. start, they, they continue with their life. They have a new goal. They go through life together and they're perfectly happy. And then, you know, it's one of those. And then he flips the, he flips the page at the end. And this is all the stuff I'm going to, this is all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the adventure. I mean, it's, it, it, life goes on. 
And then we all cried well, because that movie I'm is beautiful cry. and perfect. God. I know. I love. Oh my god, I love <laughs> that movie so much. It always makes me cry. <laughs> Thanks for the adventure. Now go have another one. Oh, oh, so so good. Such a good movie. But yeah, there is definitely life after. It never feels like there is, though. I have definitely been in the place where it felt hopeless. Yeah. But the thing is that in order. If I hadn't had Josh and if I hadn't had the good support of my friends saying, you need to go to the doctor and get an answer, we would never have had Remy. Yeah. And, and you know, it's definitely something that needs to be talked about more so that people feel safe and feel secure knowing that they can't, so that we won't be afraid of the answer so that you can move forward with your life, you know? And I can tell that you feel more secure in your marriage than you ever have because not once since you got pregnant have you even mentioned the possibility of dating after Josh. Not once. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So. Oh, yeah. We definitely have... Quarantine has made us a much better team. Yeah. Parenting has made us a better team. We're good. Yeah. And honestly, like, I was afraid of having one. I was afraid that it would ruin my life. Honestly, I wanted her so bad, but I also was so scared that it was just going to be too much and that we weren't going to mesh up. And, yeah, you know, there's just there's a lot of fear and um, that none of that has come to pass. And I'm like, fine, we'll have as many as you want. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have 10, not 10. No, No, that would be too many. Three. Uh (laughs) did i tell you about the mennonite guy i was talking to the other day oh my god oh yeah 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 didn't he have like 10 or 12 or 16 kids or something nutty no he had nine i told this man he it's too many he had like all this like really nice stuff in his cart and i was like huh i want to go home with you like you're gonna be eating good tonight and he looked me dead in the face and said you would starve (laughs) <laughs> and i was just like you know what that's fair <laughs> like yep they would eat they're gonna eat all of this in five minutes <laughs> oh, we, we so kind of just looked at each other and blinked for a second and he was like i have nine kids <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh god okay i get it like kudos nope. to you <laughs> could not no absolutely could not all right let's take a break shall we yes Hi, everybody. We're back. Hello. And our tiny little co-host is joining us. <laughs> she was screaming a minute ago, and you know what? Me oh, too. Oh, my goodness. Happy screams. Yes. Hi, baby. So, okay. So, besides men, what do you think the number one killer of the women in the U.S. is? <laughs> besides men? Yes, besides men. <laughs> Uh, oh my god sorry on that note just real fast (laughs) quick anecdote yeah i um Ooh, there's something large and black in the field behind my house oh Oh, it's a cat okay sorry (laughs) it's a cat i was like what is that that's a big cat wow anyway sorry um you're okay i was taking remy to her pediatrician appointment the other day and there was this dumbass man in a white van which looks like a rape mobile by the way um yeah with not one but three bumper stickers oh that no. were anti-mask related <laughs> oh honey chill um 
that were anti-mask related. And one of them was, I would feel safer if everyone had a gun than if they were wearing a mask. And I was like, really? With you with your big opinions would feel safer if everyone around you had the ability to shoot you in the face? Wow. Yeah, I was like, okay, sorry. All <laughs> of us would be raped. A hundred percent. All of us women would be ra- There would be no women. Yeah. That would be willing to sleep with any man because we would all have been raped and or dead. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, people would be like, but you would have a gun too. We're not going to use them. Are you kidding? No. Oh, goodness. I feel that. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. (laughs) It's chewing on my ring. No. Okay. She's teething. All right. Sorry. Uh, Besides men, what is the number one killer? Uh, Cancer? No. Breast cancer? No. No? Mm. Oh, what is it? Heart disease. Oh. Yeah. So, um. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, this is from heart.org. Um. Okay. Heart attacks are, just from my own personal medical knowledge, heart attacks are very different in women than they are in men. And we don't. Really? Yeah. We don't always know how to. I didn't know that. Yeah. We don't always know how to identify them. So, it is very important to know, as a woman, what the signs of a heart attack are. Uh, Well, also, like, most medical research is all done on men. And then they just, like, assume it's the same with women and then continue with life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah, they did the same. Didn't know that. They did the same thing with autism. (laughs) So, now... Didn't didn't know that until recently. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's infuriating. Yep. Um... So, this is just called Heart Attack Symptoms in Women. Um, Okay. And it's pretty short. And then I've got, like, a few stories from women that discovered their heart disease. I'm excited. I didn't know things were different. So, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, there are five signs to look for as a woman if you are having a heart attack. And you can have it at any age. This this can literally happen any point in your life. It is not more likely to happen if you're older. Like it is in men, right. it is just this can happen. So, if I, you always think of heart attacks happening to like old people, yeah, and then like there was a couple, like there was a time, I don't know, Josh. It was like right after Josh and I got married, and we found out that some dude who was thirty died of a heart attack, and we were like, oh god, that's like, <laughs> yeah, so young. It's terrifying. Um, sorry, I keep interrupting you. Continue. No, you're okay. Sorry, I, um... What? Goodness. Um... I know. (laughs) I've got, uh, my hairstylist texting me trying to set up an appointment. She's always booked. (laughs) That's (laughs) funny. um, wanted to get that squared away. Um, okay, so number one. Uncomfortable pressure, squeezing, fullness, or pain in the center of your chest. It lasts more than a few minutes or goes away and comes back. Um... And if you have any of these signs, call 911 and go to go to hospital right then. Um, wow. So, number two is pain or discomfort in one or, b- or both arms. Or the back, neck, jaw, or stomach. Like, if I guess if you're having these together. Huh. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. No. no one talks about that. You only think, like, left arm. Yeah. 
No, it can be arms, back, neck, jaw, or stomach. That's terrifying. Um, Goodness gracious. And jaw pain is nothing to sniff at. I have chronic back pain, and my jaw, when when I had, like, an abscess that was sitting right on my TMJ nerve, and I had jaw pain, knocked me out for a few days. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I have chronic back Jaw pain, pain is nothing to sneeze at. So, like, yeah. Um... So, number three is shortness of breath with or without chest discomfort. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah. Other signs. With, wow. Such as breaking so out. So, just like being alive. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like. Being alive. That's terrifying. <laughs> being alive, go to the hospital. Um, <laughs> right? I, I'm alive. I just wanted to make sure I'm not having a heart attack. <laughs> um. Other signs such as breaking out in a cold sweat, nausea, or lightheadedness. Um, so as with men, most or women's most common heart attack symptom is chest pain or discomfort, but women are somewhat more likely than men to experience some of the other common sy- symptoms, particularly shortness of breath, nausea and vomiting, and back or jaw pain. I think shortness... And I feel like you end up going to the hospital and then they, like, don't listen to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, it's just your period or, oh, it's just such a... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not to shit on healthcare workers because they're doing their best, but also, like... Also, they're, fuck you. They're, like, trained like, to not listen. Yeah. Um, like, especially to women of color. They, like... <laughs> what was that thing on John Oliver where that poor, that poor lady was talking about how, like, literally they were told that black women can handle more pain or something like yeah. that and to, like, not listen. Oh, yeah. Not true. <laughs> not at all. It's not even... Oh, my God. But John Oliver yeah. does, like, have a video made for, like, <laughs> if you are a woman of color or really just a woman who is having some type of pain and you need to go to the doctor, take a white man with you. And like yes. he has a he has a video that you can bring with you, of like yes, and they here I'll be through. the white man you take with you. Yeah, and show them this video. Yeah, yes. Um, if someone is not listening to you, yeah, it's ridiculous that we have to, but that's the world we live in, and that's why I'm saying like we can't. Sorry, never mind. That's a whole other tangent. Continue. <laughs> it's okay. So, um, we've all seen the movie scenes where a man gasps, clutches his chest, and falls to the ground. Right. In reality, a heart attack victim could easily be a woman, and the scene may not be that dramatic. I think that was funny it said that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Although men and women can experience chest pressure that feels like an elephant sitting across the chest, women can experience a heart attack without chest pressure. Um. That is a lot. This is a doctor that has said this. This is a female doctor who is a medical director for the Joan H. Tisch Center for Women's Health at NYU's Langone Medical mm-hmm. Center. Um, instead, they may experience shortness of breath, pressure or pain in the lower chest or upper abdomen, dizziness, lightheadedness, or fainting, upper back pressure, or extreme fatigue. Um, Man. Even when the signs are subtle... The, the, thing, the, the thing is, though, mm-hmm. that all sounds like menstrual problems. Oh, yeah. Too. So how are we going to fucking know? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's that also is what makes it so easy for for women to get turned away. Mhm. You know? Ugh, it's just crazy. 
Uh, even when the signs are subtle, the consequences can be deadly, especially if the victim doesn't get help right away. Um, so even, so there's a quote here, um, okay. from someone that says, I thought I had the flu. Um, oh God. Yeah. Even though heart disease is the number one killer of women in the United States, women often chalk up the symptoms to less life-threatening conditions like acid reflux, the flu, or normal aging. They do this because they are scared and because they put their families first, Goldberg said, and that was a doctor from earlier. Uh, there are still many women who are shocked that they could be having a heart attack. Um, so, a heart attack strikes someone about every 43 seconds. It occurs when the blood flow that brings oxygen to the heart muscle is severely reduced or cut off completely. This happens because the arteries that supply the heart with blood can slowly narrow from a buildup of fat, cholesterol, and other substances, which would be plaque. Oh, wow. Yeah. Many women think the signs of a heart attack are unmistakable. The image of the elephant comes to mind. But in fact, they can be subtler and sometimes confusing. You could feel so short of breath as though you ran a marathon, but you haven't made a move. Oh. Some women experiencing a heart attack describe upper back pressure that feels like squeezing or a rope being tied around them. Dizziness, lightheadedness, or actually fainting are other symptoms to look for. So if someone has fainted, it is super important to get them medical attention right away. Because it mm-hmm. it could be a sign of this. Um, yes. So many women I see take an aspirin if they think they are having a heart attack and never call 911, Goldberg said. That doesn't surprise me. No. But if they think about taking an aspirin for their heart attack, they should also call 911. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so... And then this just ends with take care of yourself. Um, Heart disease is preventable. Here are Goldberg's top tips. Um, Schedule an appointment with your healthcare provider to learn your personal risk for heart disease, Carrie. (laughs) You have to schedule (laughs) appointments. Um, I know. Ugh. Uh, number two is quit smoking. It's also important to work for people who let you go to the doctor. Yep. (laughs) So, if you're smoking, quit. Um, yeah. Just one year after... kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> just one year after you quit, you'll cut your risk of coronary heart disease by 50%. Yeah. Um, start an exercise program. Just walking 30 minutes a day can lower your risk for heart attack and stroke. And um, this is kind of sexist, but uh, modify your family's diet if needed. Uh, check out these healthy cooking tips. I feel like this is directed at like mothers, well, most women but, cook. but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just most women cook for their families. Yeah. Um. Also, but that could also be directed at men as well. And it's also, I'm gonna go ahead and say this: mm-hmm. it's also easier to stick to a different kind of a diet adjustment if everyone in the family just does it. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. If you're not having to make something for yourself and then make something for everyone else, mm-hmm. it's really. Like, it's really hard in our house because we always have to make something... We pretty much always have to make something different for Stevie. Stevie, Because he won't eat what we're eating. Um. Oh, goodness. That was her toy. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Let's see. But, yeah, that was that. I just... I thought that was super important to know. Oh, it is. As women. Um. Absolutely. 
And then this is pretty short, so we'll go through it real quick. Oh, Jesus. Um, this is from nextavenue.org. Um, written, or it was compiled by Emily Gernon and published February 12th, 2015. Uh, so a little, a little older, but I mean, still relevant. Um, how five women discovered they had heart disease. Um, my word to all women. Oh, wow. Just get checked. Okay. One says, and pay attention. Um, they all knew something was wrong. None believed it was a heart attack. Five women aged 15 and up who told their stories to the American Heart Association described feeling healthy and living full lives until cardiovascular disease stopped them in their tracks. Um, while we may picture the average heart attack victim as male, more women than men die every year from heart disease. The good news, 80% of cardiac events can be avoided with education and lifestyle changes. Um, my grandfather actually died from a heart attack. It's, I'm surprised that none of the women in my family have died from... Well, I take that back. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, my, my great aunt died of her third heart attack. She had three, the poor thing. Jeez. Yeah. Um... The following women, national volunteers with the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women campaign, shared their stories online to help educate and encourage others. Um, my word to all women, just get checked, one survivor urges, listen to your body. Uh, so this first one is from Christy Thompson, who's 52, in Jefferson City, Missouri. Um, it was just one of many email, emails forwarded by her sister-in-law, but this one may have saved Christy Thompson's life. Thompson got a laugh out of a short video called Just a Little Heart Attack, produced by the American Heart Association. Actress Elizabeth Banks plays a frazzled working mom who doesn't grasp that the symptoms she's experiencing are those of a heart attack. Oh, God. I bet that's a good video. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Elizabeth Banks. I do, too. Um, a month after she saw the video, Thompson felt sharp pains in her chest as she got ready for bed. When the pain didn't go away, she thought of the video. She called her daughter and then 911. She was home alone and scared of what might be happening. Um, the diagnosis? One artery that was 100% blocked. Surgeons inserted a stent. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Thompson. Eek! Yeah, right? Um, Thompson was shocked. In the preceding days, she had been walking her dog, hanging holiday lights, and shopping with her daughter. She also believed she had taken care of herself. I felt like I was very proactive about my health, and I always got all the recommended tests, so for me, this was true. This truly came out of nowhere. She Stanley was attacked by his own heart. Sorry, <laughs> I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I foot filled him with butter and sugar and forced him not to exercise. That's <laughs> all I have in my head right now is just... <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not a laughing matter. It's just... That's all I can think about is Dwight right now. Oh, yes. He's such an asshole. Oh, God. I uh, the, the following people will get liposuction. Uh, Stanley, Phyllis, Kevin. And you will be responsible for your own medical bills. <laughs> oh. <laughs> then Michael walking in with the fat suit and poor Holly. What are you doing? Yes. <laughs> I am beautiful. 
Oh God. Oh, it was I'll so sit, bad. I'll, 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 I'll sit on you. <laughs> Oscar saying that was probably the funniest thing in the entire series. Yes. Um. So she now does cardio every day, eats more healthfully, and shares just a little heart attack with everyone she knows. Um, Love it. So this is from Kimberly Montgomery, who was 53 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, Her habit of positive thinking may have worked against Kimberly Montgomery when she didn't take signs of heart disease seriously. Montgomery began sweating profusely and feeling nauseous after a hot yoga class. Hot yoga's fucking intense. It's be so very intense. careful. My mom did it for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to be so hydrated and be so careful. Yeah, it's good. It's so good, but man, it is. I was sore for three weeks Ooh. after one class. Oh, I need to go then. I I really need to go back because it's really fun. But God, at what cost? <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Jogging's the worst, Chris. I know it's good for you, but at what cost? (laughs) (laughs) She hadn't cooled down from class, she thought. Or maybe it was food poisoning from that restaurant opening she'd attended the night before. She even wondered if it might be menopause. Um, See? I mean, it feels like everything. Yeah. A friend convinced her to go to urgent care. From there, staff whisked her into an ambulance to a hospital. Even when a surgeon told her he was going to do a cardiac cather- catheterization, it didn't sink in. Um, Montgomery asked if he could wait for her family to get there. No, he said, you've just had a heart attack. Um, <laughs> no, we can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I was no longer in denial about what was happening to me. After two stents were inserted, Montgomery connected the dots of her family medical history, which included heart disease in both her mother and grandfather. Wow. Um, She now urges other women to pay attention when something doesn't feel right. We tend to focus so much on how everyone around us is feeling that we forget about ourselves. That's true. Mm Mm-hmm. We just do that as women. Naturally, we're more nurturing. Mm Mm-hmm. This is uh, from Diane, uh, 58, in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, She'd spent her life doing everything right. Diane um, worked as a fitness instructor. She ran marathons. She ate healthfully. So she was stunned when, one morning, she collapsed with chest tightness and nausea. Oh, my God. See, this is the shit that drives me crazy, is you can do literally everything right, and it still fucking happens. Yeah. Ugh. It's just bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah. like people who have never smoked who end up with lung cancer. I'm like, oh my god, what? <laughs> How did that happen? You exactly. poor bastard. Um, exactly. She had what is known as a widow maker, a heart attack that almost always oh. kills. Uh, doctors didn't even recognize it right away. When she got to the hospital, her husband called 911. They thought it was a panic attack or overexertion at the gym. Sweating and vomiting, she grabbed a nurse's hand. I'm dying, she pleaded. You have to help me. Oh, my God. Um, After more tests, medical staff found the problem, and she is now in recovery. She discovered for the first time that the Widowmaker had struck people on both sides of her family. Uh, Diane sees it as her mission to educate other women to know their family history, get their cholesterol and blood pressure checked, and make their health a priority. 
That's one of the really good things about doing the DNA test things mm-hmm. nowadays, like the Ancestry.com thing and 23andMe and all that. It it tells you, like, all your genetic predispositions to stuff, especially, like, people who have been adopted uh-huh. or people who, like, may not know, like, grew up with family with, uh, like, without a, one parent or the other, you know, or without knowing part of their family. Like, it's just really important to get those and then you know. yeah. What you could be predisposed to, because you can, I mean, you can fill out the form to the best of your knowledge at the, at the doctor's office, but you may not know. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, I've got two more. Uh, Veronica Sanchez. Also, people don't talk about things. Yeah. So, like, you know, we're still <laughs> dealing with the generation of people who don't talk to things and covered their wood floors and carpet. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get past that. Um, yes, I'm going to take a drink. That's Unacceptable. That's probably not helping my heart, but you know what? It is what it is. <laughs> I don't want to live past fifty anyway. So, oh God, Kate, don't say that. <laughs> oh, I wish I, I definitely was joking. don't want to live past ninety. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't think I would be here now. So this is already further than I expected to get. Um, oh my god. <laughs> uh, nausea and, di- and dizziness, signs of a heart attack? Veronica Sanchez didn't think so. When she felt those symptoms, I thought I was I thought it was something I ate and I just dismissed it, she says. What she did not know was that she was having a heart attack sim- was she was having heart attack symptoms more common for a woman than a man. Um the following morning she felt like she had to go to the bathroom but could not get out of bed. It was like someone was pushing down on my chest, she says. Um, she crawled to the bathroom, then rested on her couch, still believing she had heartburn. Her husband convinced her to go to the hospital. Her left arm felt like it weighed 1,000 pounds. Um, after tests, she was diagnosed with several blockages and underwent a triple bypass. That is an intense oh my God. surgery. Um. Yes. I couldn't figure out how I'd gotten to that point in my health. She soon learned that there was a history of the disease on both sides of her family. Again, get your family history. Talk about shit. Yep. Um, she thought she had been taking pretty good care of herself, but found there was more she needed to do. Women tend to put everything else first, she says. Sometimes it takes our bodies mm-hmm. having to go through a major health event to get our attention. Which is really sad. Because we don't listen to our bodies because we're told constantly to get over it. That well, is, yeah, and we also just experience a lot of weird shit yeah. every month. Mm-hmm. So we just power through everything. Yeah. You know? We're used to having to power through. Mm-hmm. And with the way our society... Because it's not a valid excuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the way our society is set up, like... You can't even get off work if you're having nope. serious, like, medical issues unless you are actually, like, on the floor dying. And yep. even then, you have to be on the floor dying at work for them mm-hmm. to listen to you sometimes. Um, yeah. And they still want a doctor's note. Yep. <laughs> uh, so this is from Julia Allen, who's 46, out of Charlotte, North Carolina. 
As a full-time working mom, Julia Allen always put other people first. When she began experiencing chest pains one day, she stopped at home to leave a key for her kids and make them an after-school snack. Only then did she go to the hospital. She had begun feeling very sick shortly after arriving at work, feeling intense heartburn, nausea, dizziness, shortness of breath, tightening in her jaw, and pain down her arm. But she thought heart disease was something that happened to other people. I was in such denial. It was totally off my radar. Um, by the time Alan got to the ER and told a staff member she thought she was having a heart attack, she immediately collapsed. Doctors found that her left ventricle was 80% blocked. Um, she read that she had a strong family history of family, a strong family history of heart disease. Other red flags had been showing up. High blood pressure readings, increasing weight, and cholesterol levels, but she ignored them. Uh, you really have to watch that stuff. Um, Alan is now exercising more and eating more healthfully. She also realized that stress played a role in her health and has relaxed some of her perfectionist standards. If you come yep. to my house now, I guarantee there will be crumbs on the counter and dirty laundry in the basement. She said, I just let it go and <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, nice. Yeah. So that was that. I just, I thought that was a good, was great. a good round, well-rounded way to um, talk about heart disease. So. You remember when in Friends, when they're making, Ross is trying to make a birthday video for Emma and it's like her first birthday and he's like making a video to give to her when she's 18. Remy, damn it. <laughs> to give her when she's 18 or whatever. Uh -huh. And he goes over to his parents and they say, he's like, say something to Emma on her 18th birthday. And they're like, oh, we may not be here. <laughs> and then the mom goes, he's like, after all, I, I my cholesterol is off the charts and I don't, I, my mother died very young and like oh my <laughs> and god the, the, his mom goes remember emma heart disease kills women too and then he's like <laughs> all right wow another great one like <laughs> oh my god i hate their parents so much they're so oh, awful they have the worst parents Ugh. <laughs> oh that was awesome well, well thank you. um shall we play a game we shall all right. I don't know whose turn it is. Is it my turn? I think it's your turn. Okay. So this is our game by Drunk, Stoned, or Stupid called If You Had To. So uh, if you had to, um, it's snowing in your house all the time. Or. Or. Um, sorry, it's not wanting to pull up. When you go out, you always have to be on a leash. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, I pick yours. I pick mine. <laughs> I don't want to clean up snow. Yeah, in my house all the time. And if I'm on a leash, that means I don't. I'm not alone, so I'll go with someone everywhere. That's fine. Yeah. As much as I like being alone. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness! All right. Well, thank you guys so so much for listening. Yes, thank you. This was, I feel like this was a good episode. It was. I love it. Yeah. I feel good. I feel good about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, st stay safe, everyone. Um, get vaccinated. Wear your mask. And Be careful. Yeah. And uh, 
remember you wait were you about to say something no oh okay (laughs) and remember (laughs) you are not a monster bye Bye, guys guys. thank you for listening to talk crooked music is by gizla niebach Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Cricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.